Well, hey there, boys and ghouls. Welcome back to the Red River Horror Podcast. It's number 85, and Eddie and I have a fantastically fun interview for you this week with writer, director, editor, Timothy Stevens. He's got a movie coming out called The Ghost Lights, and I'm going to repeat that a few times throughout the episode, so sit back and relax, and it's episode number 85. Let's go down those channels of fear. And we are joined by writer, director, editor, and actor Timothy Stevens, who has a film coming out called The Ghost Lights on August 26th. Welcome to the show. Welcome to River Horror. Timothy, thanks hey for guys. joining us, man. Yeah, thank you. So I am not going to, I just want to get right to it. Uh, we watched the trailer and I'm all in and I want to know probably too much. Um, <laughs> this is a really I won't tell you too much I'll tell you just enough thank you <laughs> yeah. this is a really creative looking movie um, and I really like the fact that you did you wrote directed and you play the uh, man in black yes is your character's title um, and we right before you signed on we were like going on about how much um, the idea of having a cassette in there <laughs> really set us up where it's like oh like we're liking this so like what, when you sat down to write this movie, what like was there? What inspired you to like kind of go with like this supernatural element? Because like I read that you're into like some like the older horror. What was it about? Yeah. Like, light like. Yeah. Well, you know, it was kind of a natural progression. Well, it feels natural anyway. Progression for me of you know I was really like what got me started from the beginning was like gothic horror in literature so that that's like stoker's dracula and frankenstein and uh the picture of dorian gray and uh you know in books and um you know when i started to watch movie adaptations of those especially the early silent horror films like nosferatu you know which is basically just dracula um all of that kind of came together and you're like the next thing I read was like Anne Rice and the Vampire Chronicles and all of her stuff is really steeped in folklore. Um, you know, and of course folklore has real world analogies like folklore has to come from somewhere. Right. right. Um, and so it, it kind of made, and I'm always, I'm reading all of these things as inspiration. You know, I, I'm not sure I'm like a believer in in all this stuff but you know it's infinitely fascinating and you know this this bookshelf uh <laughs> over there that whole middle roll uh row there that's all non-fiction paranormal cool. so this is Whoa. you know allegedly stuff that you know supposedly happened really happened in you know whether it's ghosts or poltergeist or cryptids like the mothman um or alien encounters you know this this sort of thing um so i i kind of found my way into all of that through horror yeah. essentially um and uh, you know in the last couple of years and i don't know why this this is i think it has a lot to do with the our kind of like 
pop culture and like public zeitgeist right now is really centered on UFOs. You know, I mean, we're having can we're having congressional hearings about either calling them UAPs now, uh, unidentified yep. aer- aerial phenomena. Yeah, you know, yep, I don't yep. know why we can't see UFO, but um, don't, you know, so I mean, <laughs> we're all thinking about this and, you know, the government is saying this is real. Um, we don't know what it is, but we think it's a threat. Um, and, you know, when you really start to go down the, that rabbit hole um like the mothman prophecies for example uh the book that the movie was based on um it brings up this idea that there is something happening beneath the surface in our daily lives that is um unidentifiable and is trying to like end us (laughs) you know in some way it's out to get us you know um and like is a horror filmmaker what's more frightening than that i mean like we have nope that just came out like we're this is like what we're talking about right now is like big existential threats from somewhere else you know and i don't know why that is there's some cultural things going on there i'm sure you know um so you know naturally like you know if i was interested in ghosts you know, it kind of worked its way towards, yeah. you know, this uh, kind of UFO centric thing. Uh, but what's interesting is that when you start looking at like John Keel, who wrote the Mothman prophecies, is he said, you know, this might not be what we think it is. It might be something else. It might not be aliens per se. And if it's not aliens, what is it? And that begins to get spooky really quick. Um, so there again, it's just like looking no further for like scarier, yeah. you know, inspiration <laughs> than these things, you know? Yeah. I mean, I love that, you know, it takes you out of your comfort zone cause you're so used to like the out of sight, out of mind. And then, you know, start thinking about, well, maybe we're not so alone. Yeah, I mean, believe believe it or not, you know, just the thought of it is pretty scary. So, you know, whether it's real or not, it's a it's a very unsettling idea. You yeah. Know? So we'll, we'll get we'll get into into the ghost lights. That's the film we're talking with Timothy Stevens. Uh, this film starring Katriva Phillips, Billy Blair, John Francis McCullough on digital August twenty sixth. Terror Terror Films Channel September second. All that stuff. But I'm sorry, since you brought it up, so I'm in. I'm optimistic when I approach horror films. So when hmm. so when people said back in the day that the Mothman prophecies they didn't really like that much, I happened to like it. Oh, it's such a good movie. I I, I thought it was too. Yeah. So so I just I want to go down this rabbit hole just just quickly because you seem to know a lot about it. So I've never I've tried to watch some of the free docs that were on Amazon Prime about this just mm-hmm. In life, I have not been able to finish one of them. Not, you know, not on purpose. So, if you could boil it down, what what is the real like Mothman story? If you could, oh man, make it a little um, bit. You know, that's. I'm not going to be an expert on this. Actually, <laughs> if you want to go uh, watch one of those documentaries, a acquaintance of mine actually made those. Seth Breedlove. Um, Seth Breedlove. Uh, Small Town Monsters is the name of his company, and they they cool. do. Uh, really good documentaries about all kinds of subjects in this world. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's just called the Mothman of Point Pleasant is the name of his movie. So that, that is okay. the definitive document on in film anyway, on the Mothman, but the, basically in the, 
It's like in the late sixties, um, the, uh, and really actually, if you read the book, the Mothman prophecies by John Keel, that's, that's a really good, uh, look comprehensive look. I didn't it. even know it was a book, so I'm in. Oh yeah. It's a nonfiction <laughs> book. It's, yeah. it's actually the scariest book I've ever read. It's so spooky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was it's part how of... I got inspired to do the man, man of black in, uh, in the ghost. Cool. Lights. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he talks about Men in Black, and they're not the friendly, lovable <laughs> franchise characters. They are something else. And you know, they're not the government either. It's they're things pretending to be human, um, and they're not going to slap you like Will Smith. No, yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they're just going to like shake you down and terrify you and make you think you're insane. You yeah. Know? Wow. Um, so basically, what happened is, and I forget the year, it was like late '60s um, in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. This creature was seen, and it was this big, winged, kind of hairy creature with big red disc eyes, and. Um, after that happened, a whole slew of other things started happening. UFOs were seen. People were having poltergeist activity inside their homes. Um, the men in black started to show up and threaten people. Um, and, and all of this kind of led to a climax where the Silver Bridge collapsed, uh, which was this big, long bridge going going over the, the river there. Um, and... Uh, after that, there was a little bit of activity, but it basically all stopped after the collapse of the bridge. Um, and it all seemed to be basically a foretelling of things to come. So it was, uh, and now the Mothman has been seen in Chicago, for example, in the yeah. last couple of years. And people are pointing to different tragedies that have happened and said, well, the Mothman told us this was going to happen. You know, it's like a uh harbinger of doom you know um so that that's kind of the you know and the movie doesn't get that deep and it. it's it's sure. a somewhat fictionalized version of that uh that whole story but um it's it's definitely it's more than just a creature in the sky it's a whole slew of things um and you know really that book the mothman prophecies was a big influence on me for writing the ghost lights um because John Keel, who was basically just a journalist, um, he kind of came to the conclusion that uh, when these things happen, they all happen, you know, and, and I mean, ghosts, you know, mm -hmm. aliens, UFOs, Bigfoot, you know, like all this stuff. It's just all the same thing. And if it's all the same thing, then what the hell is it? <laughs> um, and his conclusion was, is that it's... Um, it's not good, whatever it is. It's not friendly. It's not benign, <laughs> you know, um, which there again, that's that's spooky. That's spooky as hell. So um, that's so yeah, there's okay. the kind of very like quick yeah. summary of uh, the Mothman. I, so. I appreciate it. And I will watch Seth Reed Love's film because that'll do me well. And also I just I love the tone of the Mothman prophecies. I'm yeah. a big fan of that tone, that pace. Oh yeah. That... And, and we, I mean, I tried to do that with the ghost lights, you know, because yes. yeah, that, that really be is, the, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the tone is and actually the, the screenwriter of that. I actually follow him on online and he has a podcast that he's regularly a part of. Um, you know, he's heavy into what we call high strangeness, which is this kind of philosophy and paranormal of this kind of catch all like it's all the same thing. And when you get deep into that, like it has a tone and it's a tone of like 
something's wrong and mm-hmm. I can't put a finger on it, but something's terribly wrong. And, you know, reality is shifting underneath our feet, you know? Um, and that, I think that's what that movie does so well is that um, he's drawn out and you know, he's a city guy. He's drawn out into Point Pleasant and, you know, things are not what they seem. And, and when they're not what they seem, they're way not what they seem, <laughs> you know, reality dissolves, you know, in, in that film, which is really cool. Yeah. That's like one of my favorite ways of, uh, for storytelling, like just that kind of that adventure, the out of, you know, fish out of water, like out of your element. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's a, you know, HP Lovecraft kind of yeah. like pioneered yeah. that, you know, his whole thing was like the spiral is like you start out in reality and then with each twist and turn of the screw, you find yourself getting way outside reality until suddenly like, you know, uh, Cthulhu is, you know, ripping the earth apart and, you know, you're, you have gone mad, uh, <laughs> yeah. from his, uh, non-euclidean geometry and and all this i'm a huge fan of lovecraft as well so okay so speaking did you ever check out love did you check out lovecraft country on hbo i haven't seen that yet um yeah i don't have hbo so uh i I heard it's good um i really like the color out of space Mm -hmm. the the new film with um uh oh nicholas cage nicholas cage Cage. Yeah. yeah is really good um and they're actually, uh, you know, for a long, long time, uh, Del Toro has been working on a adaptation of At the Mountain, At the Mountain of Madness, which is going to be his magnum opus. And of course, that's one of the, um, actually one of the shortest Lovecraft stories. There's not much going on in that specific story, but you know, it's sort of the uh, his visuals are going to be. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, Yeah, I can't. And, you know, like he just keeps running into funding problems, I think, because it's such it's going to be such an incredibly (laughs) expensive movie to make. I'll do it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that that this whole this whole conversation is part of it. So I'm glad. Thank you so much for taking the time with us here. Uh, Timothy Stevens, director, actor, writer, writer of editor. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. And I just want to get this out there. Uh, the Ghost Lights, a journalist returns home after the death of her father and discovers a mysterious cassette tape describing strange disappearances and mysterious lights appearing in the skies of West Texas. So I just wanted to get that out there. So it was important. I really wanted to talk to you because I loved the poster. I loved that short description. I lo- like this is so being here in Philly, being away from West Texas, like you only kind of get, you you can only form your opinions from what you see in entertainment and what's on the screen. Right, right. right. So I'm I'm so excited about seeing the ghost lights because it seems to combine all of these things, you know, and even they say, you know, the the new X-File for the summer is here. So like all those things jumped out at me. It's just like, I I have to talk to this guy because I want to. The new, I I can't tell you how much I love the new X-File for the summer. I I don't know who wrote that, but I I mean, thank you for saying that. Watch your trailer. You got a vibe. Yeah. 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 You know, and you know, West Texas was a huge inspiration for this film. You know, I, I, uh, you know, I live in Dallas, so it's the complete opposite side (laughs) of the state. It's about as far away from West Texas as you can possibly get. Um, and you know, I've lived in Texas my whole life, but never made it out that, that way. I mean, it's 700 miles away from where I am currently, 
you know, and it's still in Texas, which is crazy. <laughs> um, so, you know, around 2018, I, at the recommendation of a, my boss at the time, actually, um, he was like, there's this cemetery out in the middle of the desert, and it kind of looks like the end of the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you need to go see it. It's super cool. Um, and when I looked it up, you know, it's this town called Terlingua, which is a real place, and it's the kind of the destination in the ghost lights as well. Oh, um, it's a mining that. town that's been around for a couple of hundred years, probably since like late 1800s. Uh, it's been abandoned for nearly a hundred years. Cool. Um, and people live there, but they're people that are trying to like get away from the world, you know, so the real outsider off gridder types, you know, it's super wild west out there. And, um, you know, when you Google it, one of the first thing that comes up is their day of the dead, uh, ceremony. So I actually went out there to celebrate Dia de los Muertos, uh, interlingua and, you know, I was sitting at this bar. Um, it's like, it feels like, the last bar in the world yeah, and you know awesome. um, i was looking out over the sunset going over the chisos which is uh, allegedly uh, means a ghost in apache that's that's a little wishy-washy it's hard to say if that's actually <laughs> true but um that's what the locals will tell you anyway chisos it sounds damn good it sounds good yeah yeah <laughs> i mean so you could say chisos is from hechisos which means enchanted um so you can kind of like draw that back to like ghost i don't know but um i was sitting there watching the sun go down over the mountains and i was with my wife and i was like this feels like the very ends of the earth um and that that line actually makes it into the film you know um and that's i was so i mean i'm still like kind of in love with that place. Like, like when I need a happy place, I just kind of go back to that moment. Right. Um, so I knew at that moment that I had to film a movie in, uh, Terlingua. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it took me about three, three and a half years to get to the point where I had a story that, that worked for that. Um, but you know, it's, you know, when people say West Texas, they actually often show New Mexico. Um, or, you know, in movies, sometimes they say West Texas and it's actually Dallas, which <laughs> is a pretty green place. Like, yeah. you know, we're just above the Texas Hill Country. So it's a pretty like it's and it's super urban. It's, you know, lots of concrete. Right. So, you know, um, I Paris, Texas is a movie that is pretty accurate for what West Texas looks like. They shot a bit of uh, the Mandalorian out there for like backdrops. So some, some bits of like, where it's supposed to be Tatooine, you know, it's, that's the big bend area. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, you know, I wanted to make something that kind of captured that same experience I had when I went there for the first time. That's, and the thing is location is so, I'm just glad to hear you say that because for me, it's like that's what like I when I enter a film and and it has the description that your film has, it's like that's where I want to be. It's like so when I put this on, now I want to be in West Texas, like like just sitting there going along with the characters, going along this story. so that that's so cool. It's hard to it, it's a hard feeling to explain to people. like but I feel like just in your answer there, you get it because we were. Um, like I think, think of like any movie that you've seen where someone's driving out west, they're crossing the right. country. Like, that, oh yeah, 
that kind well, of this is a road trip film you know it yes. takes place mostly um you know we don't get to terlingua until like the climax of the film so you know yeah. it's everything in between too you know uh is the journey that she she goes on so and yeah. just what, what sorry joe real quick what kind of car <laughs> Oh, it's a Mini Cooper in uh, oh. in our film. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Joe. It's a nice sorry. ride. They, they, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, we rented it. It was the only one that was available. I actually, I wanted like a real classic, like fifties, sure. like convertible, but uh, that wasn't affordable. Um, but also, like insurance wise, was like that would have been pretty nasty on us trying to, <laughs> yeah. you know, film with a classic car. You know, and drive it all the way across yeah. country. So, um, well, anyway, so we, we opted for a Mini Cooper, but it kind of fits. You know, uh, Alex is this kind of like artsy, kind of like hipster type. So, okay. you know, it fits. It is a city girl that that was a, a comfortable car for her to to take. You yeah. know. I want a cool like for you doing the writing and the editing to be like editing going from like that urban feel to like the hometown to the road trip. Um, how was that like with this lighting and sound? Like was that something you kind of like tweaked with like throughout the process? I mean like all right, we just kind of like you know, like natural. You know how verse. like those little things can get like get your anxiety going a little bit when you're watching. Oh like, sure, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, I mean, I I think you know what what happens naturally in this film. And I, I'm not sure I did it on purpose. It's just sort of what happens um, as you drive out, you take I-20 and you just, you hit West and you just go and I-20 takes you all the way to Lingua nearly um, is that your perspective widens. So, you know, if you live in Dallas, um, it's, it's, it's like any big city, right? There's not a lot of views, you know, um, and so you've got this narrow perspective that as you head out, like, you know, suddenly there's less towns and less towns until suddenly there's no towns and just oil fields. And then that's huge, wide open, you know, wasteland, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not a fan of that area. But, you know, <laughs> once you kick past all the oil rigs, um, this whole other world opens up. And I, I think that's kind of like what happens in the film is we we got the opportunity once we hit like Odessa out to Alpine and then out to Terlingua, which is really the edge of Big Bend. Um, suddenly the landscape becomes huge. And, you know, there's only one way to film that, which is on big wide yeah. angle lenses, yeah. you know, as close to dusk as you possibly can uh, so that you've got the beautiful, you know, colors happening in the sky. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think that was uh, something that just kind of happened naturally as the as you make your way out that direction you yeah know? how long did that take uh to film from like if you're did you film it from odessa to alpine to terlingua like did you film it in that succession or at different times we uh we did yeah i mean about the only thing we shot out of order was the um flashback sequences so that's that's all the stuff that's supposed to be happening at a bar in terlingua we actually found a place that kind of looked like a bar in Terlingua here in Dallas. And because Billy Blair, um, th those are the only scenes he's in. So it didn't make sense to like haul him, <laughs> yeah. you know, 700 miles. Go so for we, a drive, Billy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, and Billy's great. He's such an amazing actor and he normally does like action movies, like shoot 'em up type stuff, you know, Robert Rodriguez film. Machete. Um, 
and uh yeah machete machete 2 sin city uh dame to kill um he was in the lead of battle angel as well and now he's in the ghost lights yeah (laughs) um so we actually filmed those here and then after that we pretty much filmed in order so we started in dallas and then set out across uh the hill country hit odessa uh odessa is where we did the hotel scenes where um you see like the oil rigs and uh and stuff like that and then yeah we just made our way west basically um it took about 10 days all in all to film um i would say a little over half of that was actually in progress you know to uh Terlingua. Um, so it was a literal road trip while we were filming, which was actually kind of fun because we, it's 2020, uh, October. So at that point, like I hadn't seen anybody really, um, <laughs> uh, and much less gone on a, a road trip, you know? So it was kind of a, a welcome change if I'm being honest. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's kind of where the podcast. So, uh, redriverhorror.com, the website, it's uh, five years old this year. Mm, um, so cool. we're celebrating that, but the podcast started in 2020 and it was funny if, if I'm sorry for the podcast listeners, they've heard the story. Joe and I started watching, we had never completed the phantasm series because we could never oh, get a copy yeah. of three, <laughs> one, two, four, three was always so hard to come by. Yeah. I don't even think it's on shutter. I don't. I don't think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So cool. Yeah. So, so we watched that and we're just like, you know what? We should add the podcast component. And Joe did. Um, We started it up and it was, and it's funny actually thinking about that. That is phantasm does turn into a road trip. uh, I mean, that's the, (laughs) yes. Like, right. Yeah. Reggie and, Mike, they they hop in the freaking Barracuda and oh yeah, yeah, man, that's such a cool movie, Phantasm. It's weird. It's so very weird. weird. Yeah. Um, I showed it to my wife and she was like, "What the hell is this movie?" Yeah. I was like, "I don't know. It's cool." <laughs> yeah, that's like one I don't think I would like. I thought about like, oh, maybe I'll make my wife watch it because like we were talking about it with them. I'm like, you know what? No, <laughs> no. It's like you got to yeah. be into the slow burn horror. Well, and um, it's. You know, I watched it again over the pandemic and because uh, the first time I watched it, I was like, that was cool, but that didn't make a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> right. And the second time and third time I watched it, I started to realize that um, like the whole thing's basically a nightmare. And so when like a, a literal nightmare and so when things start happening that are like nonsensical, <laughs> they make sense if it's a dream. Yep. You know, yeah. um, so it's all basically just like a fever dream. Um, and when you accept that, it can, it becomes a, like a really cool movie because you start to realize what they're doing with the film. And it's not like uh, nonsensical for the sake of it, you know. Um, yeah. So it's actually a really smart film. They they knew exactly what they were doing with that movie. Oh, so. yeah. And, and that's yeah. what I, so in 2020, it was such a, a weird time. Here we are outside in my garage, right? right. Like watching, you know, <laughs> catching up on all the Phantasm films, and I'm just thinking, like, man, can you imagine taking a road trip at that time? Like, how how cool is that? That's all I wanted to do, but I had to work remotely. So. <laughs> yeah, no, man, and it was expensive. You know, yeah. I mean, like, I couldn't have done it otherwise. I mean, we had uh, the production paid for COVID tests for everybody. Um, we had to. We could only do Airbnb cabins because we had to stay together, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, no staying in hotels where we might come into contact with other people. So, you know, it it was 
it was a it was a big blessing you know especially once we got out to you know big bend and we're sitting under the stars like drinking bourbon and smoking <laughs> cigars like yeah. you know after a long day of shooting but it came at a pretty high cost you know like i could make that trip to terlingua right now for 500 bucks right yeah. maybe you know including gas um but at that point like it cost us like five or six thousand dollars to go out wow. to Trilingua, you know because yeah. there's just so much and we took our time obviously because we we shot incrementally but you know it's paying insurance and all, all the stuff that we had to do just to like get out of our doors you know is kind of insane but you did it and it's looking good <laughs> <laughs> well good yeah it was worth it it was definitely worth it no and, th and that's uh, we always uh, um i always try and pry some some kind of information out of filmmakers because you know we've joe and i have made films and and have had some success but it's mm -hmm. it's not our main craft it's not it's it's something that when there's time we we can do it but um you know obviously a lot of people are doing it much much better so that was you offered how much it costs to kind of make that trip five six thousand dollars what was the the total what was you can just ballpark it a total cost for a film like the ghost lights to be made yeah so you know we did it out of pocket um wow. you know we've been trying to develop you know uh kind of moderate to like mid-priced uh indie films for several years now and it became apparent in 2020 that you know that money didn't exist at least for yeah. a, a while sure. you know no one's no one's gonna give us money at that point so we developed the ghost lights with our own personal savings in mind. Um, so, you know, principal production, you know, the 10 to 12 days that we shot, uh, that was about $7,000. Um, we deferred a lot of that money. So basically what that means, you know, for non filmmakers is that you work out a deal with your cast where they get a profit share once the film yep. starts making money. Gotcha. Um, so so we paid we paid some up front and then the remainder of their uh bill so to speak you know their invoice will pay you know out of the first earnings of the mm -hmm. film um it, you know and some people are willing to do that at that point none of us were working so it just made sense <laughs> yeah, you know right. like Why we're not? not getting paid otherwise you know um and uh, and then we did a crowdfunding campaign, and we raised seven or eight thousand after that, which helped nice. uh, pay for post production costs. Um, and so I think all in all, like once we we pay everyone back, um, twenty six, twenty seven thousand um, dollars. Wow, which is still tiny. I mean, yeah. you know, a um, hundred thousand is considered micro budget so you know like like as far as like sag rules go so like what we're doing is like uh, i don't know uh non-existent budget like i i don't know yeah. like we don't we, we don't really fit in a category yeah because <laughs> um, it's hard you know it, it's hard to do you can do a short film for this amount of money and make it look really badass you know um so to pull off a feature film at that price is a and have it look worthy you know to me i'm not going to make something that looks like crap um to have it look decent um it's it's like creativity just to like see how that money can be stretched and you know um where it should be spent um yeah and, and i think you know the setting 
is is what helps us a lot you know is we didn't have to pay for the mountains in the distance yeah. they were just there right <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah yeah and putting in the editing on your own time and everything i mean that's like that's a big that's oh yeah and i'll be honest i i'm gonna edit you know if yeah. you give me a million bucks to make a movie i'm still gonna edit my own movies because i <laughs> i like it you yeah know, it's fun <laughs> no that does help it does help on cost so that, I, I guess, brings us, you know, I won't keep you too much longer, but I did have a question. So now that, you know, there's there's money, like you have skin in the game, the actors, the people involved have skin in the game. Um, so I'm just trying to understand the distribution part of this whole thing. So, sure. So the Ghost Slice, it says, is available on digital August 26th. Correct. Uh, I'll take that fir- first, first one there is that like where you can order it on amazon prime or itunes or something like that is that that stage of it yeah so um it's going to primarily be uh vod you know as a video on demand but it's going to be um this is a youtube kind of is the forerunner of all this but it's technically called avod which is advertised advertising video on demand um, so what that means is it's like Tubi, for example, as you okay. go on Tubi and you don't have to have a membership. You can if you want, but you can just watch it and it's going to run ads periodically on top of the film. Um, and, you know, we get a, a share of that ad revenue or rather the, the distributor gets a share of that and then we get a share after they've taken their bit. So um, on and, so forth. and uh, you know, I do I'm. I do think it will be available to rent on Amazon Prime. Um, okay. So that's not going to be an AVOD. That's like pay like three ninety nine to watch sure. it. And for some people, they may want to do that because they don't want to like deal with ads, right? Um, I wanted to set the tone. I'd like that. Yeah. So, and we actually get a higher cut of that. That's kind of nice. You know, AVOD yeah. is awesome, but, um, you know, when you actually rent it, you know, as a filmmaker, you're seeing a little bit more because they're, they're sure. paying quite a lot more. Uh, it's like a, you know, almost like a movie ticket. Um, and then um, eventually we do plan on putting it out on DVD and Blu-ray. So that's uh, that's going to be a down the road sort of thing. Uh, for now, we just want people to see it, you know, sure. and AVOD is the best thing you can do if you want everyone to see it because I can text my grandmother a Tubi link and she can watch it on her phone if she wants to, you know, or she can put that on a laptop and cast it to her television. And, and that's great, you know? And, and that was another question. So you you did mention YouTube. So I noticed this, this terror films. Um, Yeah. There was like a PR campaign a little while back. I don't know if they're part of the Joe blow movie network or whatever it is, this terror films channel. I actually saw some of the stuff that I was seeing you know, being pitched to me in my Red River Horror email. And yeah. it, it was, I, I was like, I couldn't believe that it was like free content. It was, so is Terror Films, do you know how they're involved at this point? So if we're, if you're going to rent it from Amazon Prime or you're going to watch it over Tubi, mm-hmm. where, where does Terror Films, do you have any direct involvement with them or is that just a part of the distribution? So they, they are the distributor. The distributor. Um, and yeah, and so, nice. you know, whether it's on Tubi or Amazon or or their own YouTube channel, for for example, um, it's, it's all coming from them. Um, and you know what I really like, honestly, and what, what convinced me, because I, I had the choice between Terra Films and um, 
Oh, I'm totally uh, gravitas. Those those were kind of my two uh, choices. Yeah. Um, gravitas, they put it out on DVD for you. Um, that's kind of cool. Wow. Um, they can get you on some major streamers. Maybe they they make no promises. Um, but they do zero promotion right. for you. Right. Uh, they might do a Facebook post. They might not, you know, like they are totally disinterested in like promoting the film after they like put it out on the world. Sure. Um, which means that it's on me as a filmmaker and I've already spent all my money just making the film. So now you're telling <laughs> yeah. me I've got to like do a Facebook right. ad campaign and like, you know, like pay like possibly a PR company, like oodles mm -hmm. of money to like, just get it out there. Yeah. But then I'm still going to have to do all the interviews Yep. You know, um, and the cool thing about Terra is they're like, we're going to do that for you because we um, we're going to promote your film because, you know, we are fans of horror and the people that are fans of us are fans. Um, and so there's kind of this like community commitment, you know, like because there's, cool. there's like a horror film community, you know, like we have conventions that we go to, you know. Um, that's the, that's honestly from just reading. Uh, I get like pitches from everywhere, and just reading yeah. terror films communications, I got that vibe. So yeah, I, so that's I'm I'm glad you cleared that up for me because I do see stuff from Gravitas. Um, it's just like the pitch itself, uh, but yeah, the terror films. It's, it, it's something about something about their their um, outreach made me feel that way. It's just like you know what I feel like this is horror community like this is the horror oh yeah it's, it's horror films for horror fans <laughs> yeah i think if that's not a catchphrase <laughs> then they need to like hit me up and i'll license <laughs> that for them but um, <laughs> but you know so what's going to happen is like it feels like it's for free but it's really not because there is you know what, what's going to happen is that um and actually we're we're reconfiguring the dates right now it was supposed to be september 2nd and 9th and they're actually developing a big uh halloween kind of like days of horror type uh campaign uh october into november so they're actually going to push that uh youtube premiere to a later date so that's kind of to be determined at this point but um what, what they'll do, and it's actually really cool, is they do a live stream premiere on YouTube. Um, people can RSVP for it. You know, you can go find the link and say, click, and it'll shoot you a notification when the date's getting close. And then you watch it in real time with everybody, with you know, everyone, hundreds of people yeah. uh, all at the same time, just like a movie theater. And then we come on like this yeah. through a webcam and do a Q&A afterwards. Um, that's and so then cool. after that, it'll, it's going to live on the channel with uh, ads yeah. playing over it. Uh, but that first time, it actually is free, you know, and you can just pop in. There's no ads and you get to, you know, uh, we're trying to make sure Billy and Katriva and, and everybody, John Francis, are all available. Sure. So we'll be able to do a, a Q&A as well. That's so cool. So it's kind of it's a little bit like seeing it at a film festival. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. That's that's maybe what we do, because every we, we try not to do a new 31 films a Halloween type thing. We call it Red October on Red River Horror. Oh, okay, yeah. So um, cool. we try not to do a new one every single year just because, like, the first one, so much went into it, so many voices went into crafting it, and then, you know, we had that, and then last year we came up with a new method that was fun. We did it live. We changed things on the fly. 
But I definitely want to write a piece about the terror films. If they're going to do something like that, where that's really unique. I like that. A lot. Yeah, I think it's, really cool. they, it may not have a real name yet, but it's, yeah. it's something akin to like 13 days of Halloween, you know, yeah. where they, uh, they do a whole series of, of things in a row starting in kind of spooky season. Um, so yeah, that should be really cool. And there, there's like five or six other films that they, they're sure. kind of, we've all gotten kind of postponed a little bit to be a part of this, uh, this bigger thing that they're, they're going to put together. So it's still going to come out on the 26th. Um, but then, you know, our kind of YouTube premiere and the, uh, the Q and a that'll, that'll be pushed just yeah. a bit. Um, and they may have other surprises on this, right? I got kind of a vague email from the, uh, distributor a couple of days ago and they're like big stuff is coming. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they may have like some additional, um, kind of things up their sleeve for uh, for this, yeah. so definitely go check them out. They'll they'll have a lot of information soon about yeah. that. I mean, that looks like it's going to be so much fun for you guys. To, like yeah. you know, I I love it. You know, yeah. it's um just I could talk about myself for ages. So <laughs> they're they're like hooking me up with people that want to talk with me for hours about myself. Wow. <laughs> Sign me up. It's just, yeah. I'll, I'll just be totally honest. It's just all of us just trying to gain information that we don't currently have. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> got no, it. Got it. No, no, it's a lot of fun. I, I again, I got the poster. We saw the trailer, yeah. uh, the pitch, everything. It was just, I'm like, I, we have to. We have to be in touch. So, again, um, I'm not going to wrap. I know you probably have another question. I but do. I'm just glad that we were able to connect because I know it was we tried over the past two weeks. And I wanted to make sure Joe was here. He's the he's the host. Cool. <laughs> well, so. we got, I got two final ones for you, Timothy. Yeah. Because now I'm curious. So we've we've covered, you know, some lore in East Texas. So we got the ghost lights there. Talked a little Mothman up here where we're from. We got some fun stuff like the Pine Barrens is pretty like 45 yeah. minutes oh. away. So we got the Jersey Devil Can I cuss the river. on this show? You can sure can. Fucking Pine Barrens, man. Yeah. That's, that's the haunted woods. Yeah. So <laughs> you know? Like, they're close by <laughs> that's, us. That's spooky stuff. Yeah. Well, cool. Is, what's, is, is there something for East Texas? Is there like a Plano poltergeist out there? or? A... <laughs> uh, so, you know, in... <laughs> In Terlingua, in yeah. Marfa, they had the Marfa lights, yeah. which is a real phenomena that we uh, was the inspiration for this. These strange lights that appear out over the desert in a direction where there's no houses and no yeah. no cars, and they've been. We saw them while we were filming, actually. Um, huh. Get out. Very weird and very real. Um, in uh, our kind of, they call it North Texas. It's really not North Texas because you can go farther north than here. But um, yeah. if you keep going east, and I actually shot a, a short film out there. It's called The Resurrectionist. Um, and it's uh, like a voodoo uh, post-Civil War Reconstruction era horror film cool. um, that uh, you can find on YouTube. Um uh, you would probably have to search my name in the resurrectionist because there is a book called the <laughs> resurrectionist, but, um, out that way, it starts to look a lot more like Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Um, and it actually in, um, Jefferson, which is a town that we filmed in, um, in Lake Caddo is this big prehistoric lake with, um, you know, the, uh, the Spanish moss and, and all this, it looks really like, 
southern Louisiana, you know, more than it does Texas. And actually, if you keep on going and go to like Shreveport, it starts to look like Texas again. So there's this weird <laughs> pocket of bayou, you know, uh, just in East Texas. And they have the Boggy Creek monster, um, which is Ooh. basically like a swamp Bigfoot. Cool. See, I did um, not know about this. A Boggy Creek monster. Yeah. yeah, and that's, I mean, that that's also, Boggy Creek shows up in other states as well, but, you know, it's it's all connected through rivers and mm-hmm. stuff like this. So when you talk to people, like, uh, there, there's actually another um, Seth Breedlove film that's all about Boggy Creek. Um, huh. And, uh, you know, when you talk to, like, the Bigfoot people, they think that's all the same thing. It just, like, moves around. So it's snaking its way down into Texas. But, um, yeah, out there people have allegedly seen this uh, kind of Bigfoot-type creature, but it's much more, like, kind of aquatic-looking, mm-hmm. and it's, like, covered in, like, moss and, you know, is almost like in my mind something between like the creature from the black lagoon and like bigfoot um i don't know i mean when we when we filmed the resurrectionist out there uh a lot of it was after dark and we were on the we were in this cajun cabin on stilts just overlooking the water uh over the bayou and you know you you start to see and hear things in the dark out <laughs> yeah. there and you know there's things making really weird noises that kind of echo down the water and you don't really know how far or close away it is and things splash and you're like well that could have been a fish there are alligators there so you think maybe that was an alligator is it something else i don't know it's a it's a it alleged um jefferson is also supposed to be the most haunted town in texas like i know a lot of states say uh, you know we're the most haunted place in whatever <laughs> um i can vouch for jefferson it's there's a lot of spooky stuff going on there whether it's bigfoot or uh ghosts um there's a lot of it was kind of wild west town back in the yeah. 1800s uh, and uh it, it was hit really hard by reconstruction. So there's like gunfights that were happening between like ex Confederacy and like the occupying union force. So there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of violence yeah. and death that happened in that town. So someone needs to go make a movie about Jefferson. Now that I'm, yeah. I'm talking out <laughs> loud, it's a, it's a pretty cool yeah. place. And it hasn't really changed in the last 150 years. It looks about the same as it did in 1870. That's pretty so, wild. That's really cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's really <laughs> cool. And then to close up as being a horror fan, do you have like one of the things that, I don't know, our thing is, you know, we like to get like a, have a bite to eat, have a drink and then yes. watch like our, watch our movie. Do yeah, you have any yeah. like, spe- like you have like a ritual or are you just to sit down and watch or to eat like, man, um, a couple of movies, uh, Dra- uh, couple is Dracula is like my my go to uh, mm. horror film. Um, you know the uh, I think it's called uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula is the the actual title, but by mm. Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. Um, the the first time I and actually only time I've ever smoked weed, um, <laughs> I did that and then had a glass of absinthe and watched that movie and it was the most perfect experience like i can't tell you how amazing that film is um because he's he's so precise with his imagery in that that movie and like he does these long dissolves where like dracula becomes like a castle and then he becomes the moon and then he becomes a wolf and you know it's like all this stuff that i didn't like notice until i was 
slightly inebriated, you know, um, (laughs) maybe that created a magical experience for me. I don't know, but, um, that one. And then I really love, um, interview with a vampire, the Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise one. Um, and it's probably because I really love Anne Rice. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of all of her, her stories, but you know, those are two movies that I can just kind of put on and just like, kind of like Lord of the Rings, right. Where Mm -hmm. you can just put it on. It's just comfortable to sit back into and watch, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Cause those are, those are good ones. And, um, it's kind of funny how Kirsten Dunst just has the same exact face. Like I, she, like well, in freaking Tom Cruise, Sam, I think Tom he Cruise, might actually Brad be a Pitt. vampire. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, so, so uh, just to clarify, Joe, because you didn't ask specifically, uh, Timothy, that's your favorite uh, film um, horror film, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Probably. Okay. Yeah, if I had to, I mean, it, a close second would be The Witch, the uh, Robert Eggers movie, uh, but that's not a movie I can watch over and over again. Yeah, I agree. Know? It is, and it's losing. because it's just like too dark and it's too. Um, I mean, it's it's not a comfortable movie, right? Um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like Midsummer is the same way. Like, I think I only saw that in theaters and. Um, What's the other one? Hereditary. Like I yeah. think I've seen that twice. And there it's there those might be in the upper echelon of like my top four favorite movies of all time. Wow. Um and I just can't watch those two or three films often. In fact, every time I like turn on Amazon Prime and I'll see Hereditary there, <laughs> I'll be like, Oh, not tonight. I can't do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? We were talking about this in the last podcast. That's I absolutely love the tone and how scary a lot of these movies are. Like I just saw The Dark and the Wicked. My pro- oh, yeah. My problem mm-hmm. is if it's like my problem is the depressing part. Yeah. It's just like oh, I yeah. can't if it's a Friday night and I have pizza, beer, popcorn, whatever it is, it's just like I really don't want to be in a downer and I've made the mistake of putting something like The Dark and the Wicked on a Friday night. And being just like, wow, like I just want to go to bed and and be left alone now. (laughs) I know, right? Man, especially hereditary, you know, like when I saw that in theaters, um, I saw it with my wife and a couple of uh, friends. And my wife looked over at me near the end of the film when he starts like levitating into the treehouse. And I I literally looked like this, like I had my hands on my face. And I was just like, (laughs) I didn't know I was doing it, you know. and it's just because like that movie just keeps, you know, I did the same thing in the scene where the mother like yells at everybody at the table, like the movie left me breathless in the yeah. same, same way the witch did, you know, as I, I felt like, you know, the air had been taken out of me sure. watching it. Yeah. And so it's like, it's not a, and then at the end, like you're thinking about really big, heady, serious, you know, moral subjects, <laughs> you know, and that's like, I kind of like doing that. I mean, the ghost lights kind of attempts to do that uh, to some degree as well, but um, it's not a movie that you can watch over and over again. Sure. And that's fine. You know, um, I've, I've, I've got a toddler and he loves uh, nightmare for Christmas right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. That he, he watches it on loop. We probably watched it 14 times in the last <laughs> like six days. Um, but that's a movie that's just fun to watch over and over again. Yep. But you can't like marathon The Witch or Hereditary. <laughs> no. Like it's you know, unless you just really hate yourself, I guess, <laughs> yeah, if you're right. just trying to like if it's the equivalent of like 
cutting <laughs> intellectually. It's like intellectual cutting. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's a uh, it's a little it's a little intense. Well, <laughs> Timothy Stevens, writer, director, actor in the film is called The Ghost Lights, starring Katriva Phillips, Billy Blair, John Francis McCullough. It is out August twenty sixth for you to rent. Um, and then we you know we thought maybe we'd make the Terror Films channel in September. No, they're going to save that, especially for October. So very cool. Um, Timothy Stevens, thanks so much for being with us. And if you could close, I guess, what would your, where can people find you? What's the best way for people to get in touch, watch the film? Um, Where can they find all things Timothy Stevens? Yeah, so um, (laughs) our film company is called Spectrograph films um and that's s-p-e-c-t-r-o-g-r-a-p-h um and uh kind of a a long word there so like spectrographfilms.com we have a social rail at the bottom and that'd be the best place to find us on facebook instagram twitter we do have a we do have a, a TikTok now that I'm still as a millennial trying to work yeah. out. Um, so we mostly just put like trailers up there. I know that's really not the best use of TikTok, but um, Instagram is probably the best place okay. to really keep tabs on us because, you know, Instagram doesn't try to shove our content below advertising. And, <laughs> you know, I don't have to pay extra for you to like see my stuff sure. just show up. Um, so that would be a great place to like catch up on um, this film. You know, we have films coming out in the sure. future. Uh, we have an action comedy called Dead Hand <laughs> that um, is like a kung fu film. So it's a little different. Um, that should come out next year sometime cool um and we also have a documentary called dark sanctuary which is about a world famous goth club in dallas that um Mm -hmm. played host to the likes of the cure and marilyn manson and trent reznor and uh like and they didn't do shows there they hung out there like it's um kind of a it's one of those stories of like no shit like i wouldn't have guessed that was in dallas um so that's a long-term project that you know if you want to like We'll do production updates every once in a while, but sure. documentaries takes so long to make that I don't expect that film to be out in the world until probably 2024, you know? <laughs> right. um, so it's going to, it's going to be a bit, it takes a long, long time to make a documentary. Um, yeah. So. You had another one that I saw that I was like, actually, I want to check that out. Was it a, a kicker kicked up or hmm. sorry, it was the one is set in Oregon. Am I reading that right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, that's interesting. That was a for hire uh, thing. So I, uh, nice. Basically, like the, uh, it was a television network that centered on like Western culture. um, And they were looking for a partnership with this uh, place called the Pendleton Roundup, which is the oldest, almost, the i think it's like the second oldest longest running rodeo in the world yeah um and it it harkens back to like the wild west days like that's where it was and it was in oregon of all places (laughs) um and uh yeah i was hired for that but it kind of became a passion of mine because i started like talking to all these people and it's a volunteer rodeo so it's put on by people that uh their mother and their grandmother and their grandfather put it on for generations so it's like this big community thing um and you know it's about as like real old west as you could possibly get you know like uh, cowboy stuff has become super 
televised and commercialized, yeah. you know, and it's changed a lot. It's become like very ESPN esque, you know, um, it's like another extreme sport. Um, um, and it's taken a lot of the like culture out of real rodeo shit, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and out in Oregon, it's real rodeo shit, you know, it's like, wow. Uh, Indians in yeah. cowboys and you know it's uh, bronc riders who are like Nez Perce warriors and it's like there's people in the first rodeo out there that um, survived gun wounds from like Indian wars like crazy stuff yeah, so wild. you give me on a tangent that would be a whole other podcast yeah. <laughs> but that's um, hey, maybe, it's called Letterbuck Letter is the, the name of that film so yeah. That's well, it, definitely one. If you read the description, it's like, yeah, I want to kind of, I want to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, that was a fun experience because I got to hang out in Portland for a couple of days before making my way out west to uh, Pendleton. Cool. But um, Portland's a cool city. I was going to um, say, we say millennial. Joe, you said like Portland is the place to be for millennials. Well, I, I just sing the Portlandia. Oh. Song. It's it's exactly like Portland. <laughs> the dream is like, it's the dream like in the no 90s joke. is alive in Portland. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was Portland is Portlandia. It may it may be different now. In fact, I I've met some people recently that said that Portland has changed a lot and it's become very unaffordable. But yeah. when I went, it was still like you could like uh be like a homeless hipster living a comfortable life on avocado toast, you know. Yeah. <laughs> It's something. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. It was, it was interesting. Yeah, it, it was fun. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to see the ghost lights. We will yeah. catch that in in between. We'll definitely catch that. And I'd like to. You found me off off of the Red River Horror stuff personally. So if you can keep me posted on anything you got going, and uh, also that if Terror Films releases anything, um, if you could just keep us keep us posted, because I'd I'd love to kind of be a part of their whole. October thing, or at least kind of join in the live Q and A's and talk to, talk to great. For sure. Like, yeah. 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 Um, I think in the next week or so we should get the dates for what what that's going to be for October. Um, but yeah. And and of course when this drops, you know, send me a link and we will blast it to, to everybody. So awesome. Yeah, man. Really looking forward to what you got and what you got coming forward. This looks really unique and like real fun watch. So thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. That's Timothy Stevens. The Ghost Lights. Yes. August 26th. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to be putting it up on our social a lot because Correct. I think this is going to be pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, yeah. guys. Thank All you. Right. All right. We hope you enjoyed episode number 85 of the Red River Horror Podcast with Timothy Stevens and his movie coming out August 26th, The Ghost Lights. And remember, folks, to keep traveling those channels of fear. <laughs>